0: Welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Today marks the 100th episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, so I'm pretty excited about that. Tonight's guest will be Victoria Vassar, and so I will call her, and let's get to know her a little bit. Hello? Hey, Victoria, how are you?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I'm good. So, first of all, thank you for being willing to be on my podcast, and I look forward to getting to know you and learning a little bit about who Victoria Vassar is. So, if you don't mind, just uh, let's get to know each other. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: I'd love to. So, a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Utah, so I have that background to me, just growing up in a very like family-centered community. Um, I was adopted at birth, so i've always like had a relationship with my biological mom but not my biological dad but i was raised by my parents that adopted me obviously (laughs) and just spent a lot of time with them and then got to meet my biological mom when i was three we've had a pretty good relationship ever since then So I consider myself very blessed with that aspect of my life.
0: I'm sure you do. You know, um, I think a lot of people can relate to the topic of adoption, either because they themselves were adopted, or perhaps they might have adopted somebody into their family. So what's it been like for you as you've grown up with the knowledge that you have been adopted?
1: Yeah. So my parents didn't want to hide that fact for me that I was adopted because my dad's a therapist, and I think he's seen some of the repercussions of hiding that from your child. So ever since I could remember, I think it's Jamie Lee Curtis wrote some books about adopting her children. And they my parents read those books to me. So I've always understood that I was adopted. I don't remember a time not knowing that. And so I think that really helped me develop like a sense of who I was and like why I fit in in my family. So, yeah.
0: Another question, I have kind of a follow-up to that. You've known you've been adopted pretty much your whole life, and you mentioned that you had a relationship with your biological father? With my
1: biological mother. Yes. No.
0: Okay. So what what has that been like, developing that relationship with your biological mother?
1: I met her when I was three. I don't remember meeting her. She's just always been somebody that's been in my life. So for the first 12 years of my life, it was just kind of she would come to my soccer games growing up when she could or we'd go visit her at her job because she worked at a movie theater and it was more of a we see each other on holidays and birthdays sort of relationship. But then when I turned 12, I think, she invited me to go on a trip with her. So she asked my parents and they said yes. So I was able to go on a trip with her. And on that trip we really bonded. So after that trip our relationship was like a lot closer than it was before the trip and we'd see each other on weekends if we could I'd go and spend the night at her house and then when I turned 16 and I learned to drive I was able to go visit her when I could. And so the relationship I have with her is more of a sister relationship Mm -hmm. Or an aunt niece relationship than a mother daughter relationship, just because my mom built that role for me of mother daughter relationship.
0: Right. And having two adoptive parents that raised you and, you know, gave you what you needed in this life, um, how grateful are you for the fact that, um, and I don't know what your circumstances would have been had they not adopted you, but do you know what it might have been like a little bit?
1: So when my biological mom was pregnant with me, she made the choice to give me up for adoption. So if I hadn't gone with my parents, I would have been placed with another family because my biological mom was looking through applications for adoption and my parents uh, stuck out to her. And I actually, uh, they claimed that I picked my parents because when she was reading my parents' file, I did something that kind of let her know that those were the people that I was supposed to be with. Interesting. So,
0: Do you remember what it was yeah. that you, did your mother tell you?
1: Uh, she just said I did like a little flip or something, or I just moved in a way I hadn't moved before. Uh-huh. And so that was an indicator to her that they were my parents.
0: Are you the only adopted child in uh, the family that you're with?
1: I am. My parents were going to adopt another kid when I was around two years old. But it didn't work out. They didn't feel right about it. And so I was the only kid in my family up until I was 14 when my dad remarried. Mm
0: -hmm. So, uh, Victoria, what, as you think back on your life, and I'll kind of jump ship and maybe switch topics a little bit here, but when you think back on your life, what are you most proud of?
1: That's a really good question. I think something that I'm most proud of is what I chose to do after my adoptive mom's passing. So she passed away when I was 13 after a battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. And I was, that's a pivotal moment in anyone's life, but especially being as young as I was, I just kind of pushed through it. You know, I had my dad, I latched onto him and I, like, continued to work hard in school, even though that was so difficult for me. It was so tough because it was eighth grade, so middle school is just not easy for anyone. Mm-hmm. But I was able to um still get through it with the help of my dad. And then that year, my dad actually met my stepmother, and she was able to help me through it as well. I think the fact that I'm honestly, like, still here and still going through it and working through it the way I did, Think that's what I'm most proud of.
0: Who helps you? I mean, who told you how to work through it? It's a new experience, obviously, and losing a parent is traumatic, but like you said, at your age, even more so, I believe. How did you how did you really yeah. do it? How'd you cope?
1: Well looking back on it, I really just turned towards my family and latched onto them more so my dad than anyone else. We helped each other through it honestly. We were each other's anchor each other's strength through it. And so um, I'm religious. I grew up LDS. I'm still active LDS. And so I turned towards God as well. Mm -hmm. And even if I didn't exactly know if it was true at that point in my life, I was still going through the motions of what I knew was right to do. So I was still going to church. I was praying. I was reading my scriptures. And that honestly helped me through a lot of it when I started high school, I attended seminary, and seminary helped me a lot as well.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I think about people who go through struggles and trials in life. I think in the human soul, we're resilient. Does that make sense? We, we, yeah. Yeah, we have a sense of resiliency. And for lack of better words, I think sometimes we might refer to it as we have an, the ability to bounce back from really hard things in life. Where do you feel like you're at right now from the trials that you've gone through?
1: You know, we go through different trials in our lives. I feel like I've bounced back. My mom's passing, of course I'm still really sad about it and Mm. I miss her, but I'm not actively grieving that trial anymore, Mm. if that makes sense. It
0: does, yes.
1: And so we go through different trials and depending on what those trials are, you react differently to them. So now I can like talk freely about my mom's passing without getting super emotional about it. Because back when I was 13, 14, I could not talk about it without breaking down. Right. I didn't like thinking about it, anything I didn't want like people to know about. It. I kind of hid it a little bit, but the fact that I can now speak about it and be open about it and say, hey, yeah, this is something I went through, but this is how I'm doing now, I think shows a lot of how I've known over the years and what I've learned from it.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, if you had the opportunity to do things differently or change anything, would you? Would you change anything in life at all?
1: Um, I wouldn't change what I've gone through. I think I would change a little bit how I dealt with it. But being 13, I can't, like, I don't blame myself too much because it was the first time I dealt with a death, like, that close to my family. Right. I had people pass away in my life before then, but I wasn't necessarily close to them as I was as close to my mom. And so I think something I would do differently is I would be more open about it instead of, I don't know, closing myself off from the world, from people, and seeking that help sooner than I did. Because in my mind, I was like, I can get through this myself, I have my dad, I don't need anybody else. But I really did need that friend group that I didn't have. Right. And so that's something I would do differently is going back and actually opening up to people and telling people, circumstances I was in at the time. I could have had a lot more support through that.
0: Oh, and that's, that's so true. What a great statement because we all need that outside support. I don't know anybody who feels like they should have to go anything alone. You know, they should never have to go through a trial or a struggle alone. We need that support. And so that's really good hindsight as you look back and you see that that's what you do different. And so now because you know that, perhaps you might be the beacon for somebody else to come to when they're going through a struggle because you've been through things, right?
1: Yeah, I hope so. I try to be as open as I can about things, and I try to be a safe space for other people. I've had a lot of friends over the years come and tell me different aspects of their lives just very openly, and it's kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I, I don't know. It's just this person comes up to me, this person that I know, or maybe this person I don't know, comes up to me and they just start telling me all these things that they've been through. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Here's what I've done, maybe we can find a middle ground and like help each other out. Oh, yeah. So I try to, yeah, I try to be that person for people. I try to be open and I try to, even when I meet people, be a safe space for them so that they feel comfortable telling me about these things that they're going through.
0: You bet. And I like that you talk about, and you use the the term safe space. What does that look like? And how do you give people a safe space who need to talk?
1: You know, I try to just be a good listener, honestly. Like if somebody, I can tell that there's something on their mind, I'll just like show them that I'm being attentive to them and giving off these nonverbal cues that I'm listening to them and, encouraging them to go on but I don't want to be pushy about it you know like if someone's not comfortable sharing something with me I don't want to push them to share with me and I want them to feel comfortable talking about anything so I always try to say like you can say like anything and it's not gonna change how I see you or how I feel about you it's just gonna help me understand what's going on so that I can help you and uh, be empathetic towards you.
0: Exactly. And I think that that's a skill. Do you believe that? That's a real skill.
1: I do. I think it's something that you can learn and it takes practice as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because if you went back to when I was 13 or 14, I couldn't have shown that skill very well. But through the experience I've had over the years, I'm now able to show that skill better than I have been in the past. I'm not perfect at it. Sure. But it is something I'm practicing and something I am working on.
0: And I think the world needs more people like you with that particular attitude because there are people walking around us every day that are hurting, and we don't see it. We don't physically see it, but inside, emotionally, they're really hurting. And to have people like you who really understand that idea of being there with them and being there for them in an empathetic way and giving them that safe space that's a valuable thing to, to be able to do. So thank you for your ability to do that. And, not, you know, like you said, you're still learning and you're still growing. But, wow, you're right on track with it. So keep it up.
1: Well, thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so also going back, and I am I might be the curious George here, but when I talk to people, I just like to get to know what shapes them, what makes them into who they are today. Many times I hear about the trials But is there anything else you can see in your lifetime that has shaped you to who you are today?
1: I feel like I've talked about a few of the things, like knowing about my adoption has shaped me into who I am. Going through my mother's death has shaped me into who I am. Mm -hmm. But I also want to say my time volunteering for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints really shaped me into who I am, I think. It was on my mission that I learned a lot of these skills that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. how to be a good listener, how to meet the person like where they are, how to create that safe space for them. And so I served in two different places. I served in Michigan in the United States, and then I flew over to Europe, and I served the last half of my mission in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see two very different cultures, very different cultures. <laughs> and seeing how people interact in these cultures and what to do. Because in Michigan, lots of people have a Christian background. They know who God is. They believe in God of a sort. And you can connect with them on that level. But people in the Netherlands, them are pretty agnostic. There's a lot of different cultures there. It's a big melting pot. So you have to find different ways to connect with people and to listen to them and listen to their story as well. And so it's a skill that you learn on how to find those people and, like, find something to connect with with them.
0: And you learned that at quite a young age, and you're just building on that now, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I served my mission when I was 19, 20 years old, and that was only a year and a half ago, so (laughs) you can do the math there. But, yeah, I am still learning on those skills that I developed on my mission and I'm trying to actually turn it into a career.
0: (laughs) Right. You're majoring in social work. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you plan to do with that degree?
1: I want to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like these skills that I found on my mission, I really enjoy like connecting with people on this level and getting work with them through problems and help them reach the potential that I know that they can reach. Right. And so therapy was something that I felt I could do that with, working with somebody one-on-one on a personal level and making that connection with them and helping them through their trials is something I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that on my mission.
0: You know, the skills you already have will help you so much when you get out there and finally become a therapist and get working with people who are hurting in life. So, yeah, you've already got a, what would I say, maybe a step up because of the experiences you've had. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, I would think so. Yeah, you hesitated. <laughs> I don't like like talking about <laughs> myself like that because I've been told that I've like I've gone through a lot of things already at this young age, and I know that I have. but I don't like saying that like maybe I'm like ahead of some people in some aspects because we're all going through different things in our lives. And just right. because I've had this experience, doesn't put me ahead of somebody else who's had a different experience. You understand what I mean?
0: I sure do. Think of it this way, too, Victoria. Because of the experiences you've gone through, I believe that's been a preparation for you to fulfill your life calling in social work.
1: I think so, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I like to look at it, because you're going to be that sentinel, you know, the hero to somebody, because of all that you've gone through, all the knowledge that you're gaining now— and you know, you're gonna use that knowledge to help people in their lives, to improve their lives. That's really a an awesome career. So
1: I like that. I will work on seeing it more that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, no nobody likes to say, Oh yeah, I'm I'm all this and that, I'm I'm so good. Because that's hard to talk about. But we also need to recognize our strengths so that we can recognize strengths in others and help them see their strengths. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's very true.
0: Yeah. Well, for people who have, you know, listened to this podcast, they know that I'm a real proponent of, uh, I mean, I just really enjoy people connecting and I see the value in it and I see that it can change lives and help people in their lives. So how important is making that human connection to you at this early age in your life? I mean, you're in your early 20s, so how important is that?
1: I think it's very important to have that connection with other people. Because we can all strengthen each other and build each other up Mm -hmm. in this life. And when you have that connection with people, you are able to, like you said, see their strengths and build off that and help people through the different things that they go through in life. Because life is not easy, but it doesn't have to be miserable or sad. You can find happiness in this life, and I think relationships with other humans are very important key to finding that happiness.
0: Yeah, life isn't all about being sad. You're right. That's a great reminder. There are way too many happy yeah. moments that uh, I think we probably should focus on those, right?
1: Exactly. I've gone through too much of my life, or at least a small portion of it, looking at the negative. So I switched my mind then. I tried to find positive things to look for. How has that really helped me a lot?
0: Yeah. How has that changed you now that you've kind of flipped that switch a little bit and you look at the glass half full now? How's that changed you? Do you you notice any changes?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I used to be kind of a pessimist after my mom's death. I was just like, well, this happened today and then this happened and it was not that great of a day. You know, I still have those days sometimes, but they're not as frequent because I I've decided to look for the good things in my life and look at things from like the other perspective or the glass half full perspective and i've seen a mood change in my life like a switch has been flipped mm-hmm. i'm happier now i get up every day and i'm excited for the day and like i think other people have seen that too and so you do like flip that switch and have other perspective it's noticeable
0: yeah i believe that
1: your whole demeanor changes
0: oh yeah yeah it sure does and, you know, I think this is kind of interesting, too, that when we make that change in ourselves, we're better able to help other people reach that, too, and to be there for them. And it really takes us starting with ourselves,
1: right? Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you're doing that. That's pretty amazing. As I wrap up, I, I usually like to ask my guests if you have any life advice, anything that you would like to share that might uplift or strengthen or help somebody else, what would that be?
1: That is a good question. I think I'm going to go with what we were just talking about. Just look for the good things in life. I don't know if your listeners are religious or not, but like try to look for God's hand in your life or the blessings that he gives you. Because as you do, then you start to see things differently. You notice more things that maybe you wouldn't have noticed before. And those little things can bring you so much joy.
0: Wow. You sure you're only in your early 20s? <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I'm doing the math right, I think I'm 21. <laughs> you think you're 21?
0: Well, then you have an old soul, a kind soul, a helping soul, a gentle soul, and that's that's pretty good in this world today.
1: So, well, thank you so much. You're
0: welcome. I want to just say thanks for taking you know some time tonight to visit with me and to kind of share a little bit about your life story and the uplifting advice that you were able to give the listeners. I think that's that's pretty great. So. So just thank you, Victoria. I appreciate you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad I was able to share.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. You take care of yourself.
1: All right, you too.
0: Okay, um, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine. And to my listeners, as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye. <laughs>